Hi, guys, and welcome to our first podcast of Soap Dish Salem Style. I'm Michael the Maverick. We have our two beautiful co-hosts, Tony Ann and Ariette. Say hi, hi. guys. <laughs> okay. First, we're going to start off with our Salem Spectator special reports. Shout out to Jennifer Horton. We love her dearly. Oh, <laughs> First off, we're going to talk about Brian Tello's latest tweet. Tony Ann, our resident encyclopedia, give us your little thoughts on his latest tweets. Basically, Brian Tello started decided to start off the year spitting some facts. He decided <laughs> with no provocation whatsoever to tweet that uh, he said that Lucas and Sammy are legacy and that EJ and Sammy are history, or something to that effect, and it... Um, something around um, Lucas and Sammy are so royalty, EJ and Sammy is something of the past. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the exact tweet right now just to get his exact wording. Sammy and Lucas are so royalty. Sammy and EJ are just a couple from the past. And at this present moment, that tweet has 234 replies, 294 retweets, 1,755 likes. I mean, did he lie? Not a word of a lie. Not a word of a lie. Well, I look like, at it. I look at it like this: He got on contract and starts telling it all, telling it all, telling it all, telling it all. What he said was the complete truth. And people, I've been seeing on Twitter for months that people want EJ dead at this point because it's no point of him being alive, and they're not doing anything with him. We only hear bits and pieces quite honestly since we have Allie for a year now we need to go ahead and write this in as her storyline that she went home EJ was on his last leg she doesn't know what she wants to do she tries to go after Rolf and Rolf was like I can't help you there's only so much I can do eventually have an intervention with Marlena, Roman, Allie, John and basically just say it's time to let EJ go. Because I look at it like this. Not only are you doing a disservice to EJ for keeping him in so much pain, but you're also doing a disservice to your children. You already let your relationship with EJ and you chasing all around the world for him affect your relationship with Allie. So imagine how his children feel. They don't know whether they can grieve and move on or if they're going to be taking care of their father for the rest of their lives. Yeah. yeah. And at this point... Um, either if you're not going to recast him because it doesn't sound like James Scott wants to come back. He's, he's saying, not coming back. He's been he saying the same it. thing for six years and the show doesn't want to recast him and Allie's going to be here long term. Give us Lucas and Sammy. I don't get the point of EJ anymore like since he doesn't want to come back. So why aren't they like killing him off? And I'm going to say this for the risk of getting in trouble. We are in 2021. Nobody wants to see a rape romance anymore. No. You got away with it years ago. Now we have evolved and matured and know that what happened that night was rape. And what's crazy is the gun was never supposed to be in the car that night. Somebody decided to put the producer, I think it might have been Ken. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. A producer decided to 
add the gun to that. Somebody thought it was a good idea to rape Sammy for a second time. What irritates me with that storyline is they gloss over it like it wasn't a rape. And it's like... I mean... I can kind of understand why they do that right now because she's with him. Like, how are they gonna... How are they gonna do that? How how is how is how are they going to explain to Johnny that he's basically a product of rape without Johnny actually being on screen to play out the beats of that story? Mm -hmm. Which again, without EJ, also that story doesn't hold the same weight for me either. But like I said, it can go back to an intervention where Sammy doesn't know what she's gonna do as in pulling the plug on EJ. And Allie or Lucas or John or somebody can be like, Sammy, this is the man that raped you. I know you fell in love with him, but he wasn't all sugar and gold. And you can move on with your life without him. He also let her know, uh, let her think that her baby was dead. Exactly. Yeah. And and plus, I feel like in today's age, a good storyline like that, this is a genre for families. People take the love of their lives off life support every day. It's a sad fact, but it happens. Do you know how momentous and how that would feel? Especially if you bring John into the equation and bring up history. He was like, I know exactly how you feel. I had to do the same thing for Isabella. But if I knew that it would lead to a lifetime of pain to keep her here, I would rather let her go. But I don't think EJ is on life support. I'm just saying, like, theoretical story. Because like, quite, quite I honestly... See, I just need them to break up off screen. I don't even need him dead. I just need them to break up, be done. She comes home. I have a theory on what she's going to be coming home to. Because uh, did y'all catch the... Um, preview from soap she knows for 2021 for days yes most of it did you see the part where he said that sammy's going to come in at an inopportune slash opportune time and it's going to be a hurricane sammy type entrance oh yeah i read that probably going to be during the trial because i did read that they are going to put ali's rapist in jail I saw that too. I do not believe he's going to stay in jail. I do believe that Lucas and or Allie are going to attack him and that Sammy's going to walk in either on the attack or on the aftermath and Charlie's going to be unconscious and or dead on the floor with Lucas and Allie standing over him and in walks Sammy. Oh, that, that was a nice good. nod to their history. Yes. But... I guess we go on to our next segment because while Brian this Hollow is on contract, we also learned that Brandon Beamer, Martha Madison, and Stacey Haidu are yes. now officially on contract. Listen, I threw a Twitter party. I was so freaking happy. <laughs> it's about damn time. That's right? what I'm exactly. saying. My thing is why I can get Stacey Haidu because she hasn't been here that long. But why do you keep Every time there's a new revolving writer, Brandon Beamer and Martha Madison leave the screen as if they are not the next generation of this show. Ron is they the are... only writer to have ever shown them any respect. Exactly. Dean is the, the one that screwed them, so she's never respected them. And they are two products of two super couples, and they are a super couple within themselves. Listen, I don't think Dina has ever liked Shell. 
Uh, no, at Dean all. Is the reason they got fired like, in 2008. I don't even think it's but like that she go further like, back, goes... like go back to two, 2003, because they were not written like oh, early. God, that was oh lord. Are we talking like when he was up for Colin? suspected of Colin Murphy's murder or the love is blind bullshit the love love is blind like panties of the week remember that thing I was like this is so absurd that was was so dumb it was so dumb that was all Dina my thing is I don't even think she doesn't like them I just think she didn't know how to write for them and someone Ken should have stood up and said look I understand you can't write for them but this is a legacy couple we saw them born on screen. We saw them literally live their whole lives on screen. This is a couple we need to see. So if you can't write for them, we'll find somebody else who can. But you know, he gave Dina so many passes because of that writer strike thing. So and I just I'm so happy that they're going to be in Salem dealing with stuff, happy together. Like this is the most devoted We've seen of them. This is the most we've seen of them, and this is the most devoted to each other and happy that they've seen since their first since their first run, because they have nothing hanging over them. They are completely honest with each other, like they are there. They are supporting each other, and I have become a stand for them all over again. Like yes. I, have, I have loved this couple since I was eight years old. They were my first ship. They were my ship before I knew what shipping was, and then Kirsten left, and it was different. And it was just never the same for me after that. Now, oh, I'm 100% on board. Listen, I love all versions versions of Shell. Like a classic Shell, modern Shell, and new Shell. And I'm just so happy to see like their status on the show now and seeing them happy because they've been getting so much angst before. And like you said, Tony now they're happy and they're fighting together and like it's just it's just heart heartwarming heartwarming to see sorry um so yeah i do i completely agree with you there uh they're not the only ones coming to salem and staying um we've got word that linda dano has been cast as vivian alamein i don't know how to feel about it I'm excited because I think she's the kidnapper of uh, the Ilani baby's twins. Even though they said that it's connected to Paul Paulina too, you still think yeah. Vivian's connected too? I think so because she has something. Uh, she hasn't like she still doesn't like Lonnie, and I know like she apologized, but Jake didn't turn out to be Stefan, so I still think she's gonna come after. Lonnie again and uh, Lamone stated in Soap Hub in a Soap Hub interview that he he's going to share scenes with Linda Dano so yeah I think she's the kidnapper oh wow I, I missed that hmm, that's very interesting I'm my thing really is excited for this my thing is we've seen recast of Vivian and it kind of fell flat so I think I think Linda Dano is going to be different. I said this when the announcement came out. Robin was good, but Robin was different. And, and she wasn't bad. It was just we're used to Vivian being she Maurice Rail. Way into the crazy. I think Linda Dano can balance the crazy with the class the way that Louise did. Hmm. I hope so because I I I love Vivian and. 
I really hope she turn out, turns out to be the kidnapper because I liked her um, during the Ilani wedding. I just went back and looked at the clips with um, Lonnie shooting Stefan, and I thought Robin and Sal had great like on-screen chemistry, so that worked too. So it'll be interesting to see them with Linda. It will be interesting for Lonnie and Eli to actually have an official villain. You know, right. every couple has their foil. Who would have thought it would have been Vivian? But hey, if they like it, yes. I love it. And I cannot wait to see <laughs> Vivian is their Orpheus uh, or Stefan. Uh, Stefan, no, sorry. Just please do not, do not, do not put Felicia Galan in the same crazy ass wigs you put Robin Strasser in. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. I, honestly, truly, I think Linda Dano will sooner slap somebody up in there before they put her in a bad wig. I mean, the good thing about COVID is that they're doing their own hair and makeup now. So, like, right. hopefully she'll be responsible for her hair decisions. And she's so royalty. She's a legend. So I'm pretty sure she's going to have somebody in there doing her <laughs> things for her. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Like, it's such a perfect casting, which I'm so ashamed of myself for not having thought of it beforehand. Well, I haven't seen her in anything before, so she's like new. To I've me. seen a few clips. I remember her time back in the day. So, oh, I, I I just posted a clip the other day. She's a phenomenal actress. It's just you know when you've had a actress in a role for such a long time, it's hard to see a recast. An example of that could be Kristen, but Stacey Haidu came and knocked it out of the park. So she did. We're gonna go off of that. And now it's time, y'all, for the weekly recap. It was a slow week, but it was a decent week. I can't say it was bad. No, I mean Monday and Friday were good. Um the rest of the week just focused way too much on Gwen for me to actually consider it good. It, it gave me very much James E. Riley days because that one night lasted a week, and I'm pretty sure it might last for half of next week as well. No, we're on Friday was already a new day. Uh, no, but see, the thing is, it's hard with New Year's because to me, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is one big 48-hour day because you never <laughs> really go to sleep. You go home at 1, p- 1 a.m. and then you wait right back up at 9. So, but oh. let's get into what really went down. First, we're going to start with the courtship of Henry's father. We see Claire drop by to give Charlie a little present, and among other things. <laughs> and meanwhile, Charlie has Ava still locked up prisoner in the back. How did y'all feel about that? I hate, like, I, I enjoyed those scenes and I hated myself for enjoying those scenes because all I kept thinking is, damn, these two have chemistry. Yes. And I it, thought it was got just me. ruined. I got angry all over again. But he's also so good at playing crazy that I can't really be mad that they went here because I would too if I knew he could do this. Listen, I, I was so, like, not feeling um, Charlie until he went like crazy. So I'm on board on keeping his, him as the bad guy. No redeeming, please. No redeeming, no. Exactly. But... And I'm and I'm enjoying him with Ava and keeping her locked up. So Oh my but... God. 
can, can I just bring up one of my favorite moments? It's from Christmas week, but it has something to do with Charlie and Ava and it had me dying laughing. And I have to shout out my friend Di on Twitter for putting this out there because I was screaming. On Christmas, as he was leaving, he's like, who makes the, who eats seven fishes? And then gagged up, you hear her screaming, you're Italian. <laughs> I love that. Coming from a family that does the Feast of the Seven Fishes every Christmas Eve, I was dying. First off, those scenes with him and Ava over Christmas were amazing. It made me actually feel his purpose of doing the things that he's doing. He just wants everything that Trip has. And to me, that is classic soap. That is something that we used to see all the time back in the day, but you don't often see now because quite honestly, a lot of couples now are having just two children, a boy and a girl, whereas back in the day, people used to have three, four, five children. So to see a classic brother versus bro- brother storyline, Ron gets an A plus in my book for that one. I just wish it wasn't tainted by the rape. The rape part yes. of this wasn't needed. It, it, it's hard for me because when Claire went in there, let's be honest, Claire went in there to have some relations. Oh, she hell, said, she was checking him all the way out. She said, it's been two years. I was in that loony bin. I ain't had none since trip. And she was, try- she was trying her best to get him back in that bedroom. And I was rooting for it. Then I thought about it. I was like, nah, she can't even do it. He raped the cousin. I feel so bad for my Claire Bear. Oh, God. Claire, look, Claire's going to snap and set him on fire. And I'm kind I of. I hope so. Like, poor, poor girl. She's been through a lot. I just hate that they cannot find a decent male for her to connect with. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Because that, to me, that wasn't genuine at all. I feel like Theo just got with her, mainly because Sierra didn't want him. Theo and Trip both were Sierra rejects when it came mm-hmm. to Claire. Charlie was the first guy who wanted who actually genuinely wanted her. Exactly. And it's sad because now we know that that relationship cannot happen. Even if they put it together, viewers are going to riot. I'm going to let you guys go off, but I still want my Cleo endgame. Someday I'm going to get it. So. Theo called me and told me, look, I'm in Africa having the time of my life. We ain't finna do these crazy shenanigans again. (laughs) Okay, next up on the docket, Black Patch is on the case. John and Steve, I guess they decide they want to rebuild their friendship better than me because I could never. Oh, I could could never. And agree to work on finding Tripp's quote-unquote relative. While that's going on, Tripp frantically searches for Ava and catches hell with Kate and Will. Not only that... liked Kate in 2020. Not only that, Marlena finds out that Lucas and Allie are raising hell on their own. Let's discuss. Where do we want to start? Because I have thoughts on all things. But we're just going to start with John and Steve and work our way down. Okay. Um, well, John is a better person than I could ever be. Same. Same. And um, here's an interesting question, though. Do we think that Charlie is older than Trip? 
and that Steve knew that that Ava had a second child and didn't remember it until that conversation with John. I feel like Charlie is younger because I feel like I feel like because in the dialogue over Christmas, it came off as Charlie came second in everything. He came second in birth and he became second in Ava's life because he wasn't a child of the love of her life, a.k.a. Steve. That's what I thought, too. But then the fact that they didn't tell us Steve's theory in that moment gave me pause. What my question is, how exactly did Steve just magically think, oh, it just has to be a relative trip? When literally when the DNA tests were being read, Kayla said the only other option could be your father or yourself. And we know it's not your father. And because I haven't an answered that. They relative existed and they didn't know that Ava was alive. So given the context of the information that they knew at the time that the test was taken, it was either going to be Trip or it was going to be Steve because any there would be no other choice. It's not well, like they you. knew of any other relative that Trip had. Well, thank you for clearing that up because not it wasn't just me thinking this. A lot of people on Twitter have been talking like, where is he getting this information? No, trust me, I know because I've been saying it like 10 times over. <laughs> Do we do we know who who the father is? No, it hasn't been revealed yet. I do think it's going to be tied to the mob people that were coming after Jake and Philly, though. Yes, definitely. So if now it's not Jake himself, but I think he might be too young because I'm not. Sure. I think that's totally um, Jake is totally. He's closer in age to Charlie than Ava. That's kind of what I thought. Okay, now we know that someone's on Trip's side and on the case or whatever. Meanwhile, he's catching hell with Kate and Weagle. And when I tell you, Kate, Lauren Coslow did the acting of her life these past few weeks. I haven't seen her act this well in a long time. She was doing work. Mm. Yeah, I loved the scene in the square when she came after Trip. Between that and the scenes with Marlena, Lucas, and Allie, they were dropping anvils everywhere. Everywhere. That's either something's going to happen to Trip, or now I think something's going to happen to Charlie because the truth about Charlie is being expedited out really quickly. What do you think will happen to Trip? Well, I, because. So, I think now it's going to be Charlie, but I had originally thought that somebody was going to try to stab Trip. Because the right. way everybody was talking, I wasn't sure if it was going to be Charlie or Trip. Now that I wouldn't be surprised Charlie, if they did a who killed Trip moment. And then eventually it comes out that Charlie was the rapist. Because everybody in Well, Salem Charlie County, being the rapist is coming out like the week of the 11th. Yeah, that's true. True. So, but that would have been a good story, though. Who killed Trip and then they find out it wasn't actually Trip who did it because let's face it, everybody in Salem is at Trip's neck right now. And even in the spoilers, I'm reading that Roman even goes after Trip. They didn't pull Roman out of retirement to start cussing somebody out. So you know it's serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's they're dropping anvils everywhere that something's going to happen. And then, first off, that scene with Marlena. Allie and Lucas gave me old school days of eyes when Marlena oh, catch on 
that Sammy and Lucas were scheming and she would read them the ride at without having to raise her voice. Gold. I love how she she was side-eyeing them and like oh my god, the looks her the looks <laughs> on her face through that entire scene. I was dying. And can I just say I, I tweeted this out, I think after the episode aired on Monday. But in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten some really good combinations of unexpected characters. Yes, I thought it was just me. And it's really working because we had Belle, Allie, and Claire a couple weeks ago when Allie decided to sue the pants off a trip. And then we had Marlena, Lucas, and Allie on Monday. Combinations I never would have expected. That we haven't seen in years. And it was perfect. Like One I of for- the things that I do like recently, I don't enjoy all the, the majority of the stories, but the interactions between different characters are great. So that's something that I, I yes, actually I feel enjoy. like Ron is picking up on a lot of right. classic days because remember back in the day where family actually seemed like family, and yeah, like the town actually other? feels exactly. real. Yes, they actually talk to each other. It used to be scenes where sometimes. Caroline, Marlena, and Alice would be sitting there having coffee, talking about nonsense. I mean, just regular, regular things. And people enjoyed that because it showed that they actually were close friends and family. Then it got to a point where people were just talking to move story along, just for plot. Like, it was one scene I'll never forget. It was Marlena and Kayla. And Kayla was like, oh, hi, Marlena. How are you today? Kayla, did you hear that Orpheus escaped from jail? I'm like, my God, they can't have a decent conversation before jumping into the nitty gritty. But now, like, there's a bunch of fixing. The stories aren't all aren't all amazing. I'll give them that. But I feel like he's working on interactions between different characters because yeah. I completely forgot that how good Deidre and Brian were in scenes together. Oh, so good until great, recently great, great. and i was like my god they i forgot they played so well with each other so i'm hoping into 2021 we see more of that something i'm hoping i don't see more of is who's zooming who this whole money laundering scheme storyline has gotten on my last nerve so this week we see zara collecting more information on philip and eventually, Chloe catches on on these schemes and confronts Philip about it at the New Year's Eve party. Because Philip's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything about Xander uh, and Sarah this week. Basically, uh, I think it happened. I want to say Tuesday. Yes, it was Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, Brady, because that was Sarah was getting oh, the info right. off of Brady caught her. Philip's computer, right, right. and then Brady caught her. And then she went to the hotel room and she was like, Happy New Year with the flash drive in her hand. Right. This storyline is so... It's not that it's bad. It's just genuinely nobody cares for real. But I don't mind if there's angst for uh, Chloe. Chloe. Yeah, like the Philip-Chloe angle, I don't mind. Like, I think where we're heading into the next phase of this story, I'm excited for for the Philip-Chloe angle. However, I don't mind can exit immediately. I don't mind a Philip-Chloe-Brady triangle again. I really don't, but 
dragging Chloe into this money laundering storyline was not the way to do it. I feel you like- know what? It works though with her history because she has history with mobsters. I mean, the Mexican drug cartel were after her. So and they you just said that. that she was like, "Hello, oh, I I took out the mob uh, took out the mob cartel." So and she's coming at, at it from hilarious. a place of of concern for Philip, and for that reason alone. I'm all for it because she's not trying to drag Philip for what he's doing. She's trying to protect him and keep him safe. Well, I'm looking at it from this standpoint. Days hasn't had a good business storyline since the 90s. Personally. Agree. Because yeah, I have to agree on that. They'll too. start off really, really good and then fall flat in the middle and go downhill quickly. So my thing is Find I someone. hate business stories on soaps. I do. Like that's not something I want to watch. But here's the thing: a business storyline can be great if you play it out well. I don't mind like, um, uh, like Belle's fashion show back in the day. And Gabby. oh, that was great! I loved that. Like if if there's about fashion and drama and like something like that mixed in fine but but i will say they do great thing. with they do great with small business storylines like basic black or gabby sheet but once you get into the whole nitty-gritty of titan or the mayor enterprises it gets yeah, to the it, point it, midway that people don't care <laughs> yeah, i guess really like don't. the lack of sets takes away from that the storyline for me so I don't enjoy them because of that. But Probably. I will say this because I said this the other day. You don't see these people actually working in the boardrooms anymore. So they come They're home working and complaining. Exactly. They come yeah, home. Yeah, but it's also 2020 and half the world is working from home. So we can't really complain about that. Right. But um, days uh, isn't like, they didn't they say like, COVID doesn't exist in Salem. Yes. Well, true, but I mean, I was working from home before COVID was even a thing, so I mean, it does happen. Yeah, right? I mean, it does, but when I think of big storylines like that, I I would rather see them working in the boardroom, actually doing something, and then come home and saying, this is going on at Titan, this is going on at the mayor, what are we going to do about it? I mean, we have seen them at the Titan offices more in the last few months than we have before I don't know I feel like this story is falling flatter and flatter I think it's going to get ready to pick up as we head into the middle to the end of January into sweeps like there's stuff that's coming that I'm kind of intrigued by I just need to lift Xander and Sarah completely out of it though I know that's not happening it's what I want I hope like they said I don't know, in the preview, it, it will turn deadly or something. Yeah, it was in the Soap Opera Digest preview that because of Xander, yeah, and, Xander and his bull in a china shop ways, because once they find, because they're going to fi- figure out what Philip is up to. And instead of playing it smart, Xander's going to basically reveal all, and then that is going to rain the mob down on all of them. Ooh. Mm. Like, Maybe it has potential. Sarah, like Sarah is the main issue for me. Yeah, her and her baby voice. <sighs> like I just can't do it. And, and about the baby voice. Oh, so about annoying. the baby voice. 
sometimes she plays it off perfectly. She says it's at the right times. So I can't really complain about the baby voice, but why is she acting so manic and zany? She's giving me very Calliope vibes. <laughs> no, do not insult Calliope like that. Uh-uh. No way. She's just very zany and she's zany is, she when she doesn't need used to be like this, so that's why it's weird. Exactly. So like it's, I, I'm wondering, is it a writing choice or is it an acting it's choice? It's an acting, acting choice. choice. It's straight up an acting choice. Because she said that in her um, Day of Days interview. that, But that was like two, three years ago when she auditioned. So I don't get like why she's doing it now. Maybe it's a director now. choice because it, I mean. I think it's acting what I'm thinking, a because choice. She wasn't like this in the beginning. But they said like they liked it. So um, they liked her spunk and the... I don't know if they said the boys, but they liked how she did it, so she kept it going. Like she said that. Um, the casting director said it. Well, they probably saw her on Bold, because she was very that way in Bold as well, but it worked for the character. Oh, okay. Um, and it no could work for Sarah, it. too, if she does it at the right time. But The right timing. I feel like the timing always. is off, and that's where I blame the director. The director would be like, no, 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 not right now. Now this is where you do it. She didn't used to do this like two years ago and one year ago, but she was crying a lot, so. Yeah, and there that was go. more annoying, and then. No, this is more annoying. Oh, like, yeah, I, no, yeah, no, this is definitely. Well, I can't even watch her scenes anymore. Like, well, so it I did lead to them having sex, so that is a happy new year. Speaking of new years. Salem 2022. Right. Yeah, Demer- time jump. Yeah, I had to sit there and think about Get that him. for a few hours. But um, <laughs> the Demero New Year's Eve party started off without a hitch. And it had, well, it didn't have many people. But it had the right people to make it a very interesting New Year's Eve party. Um, Brady and Chloe ended up going together, which eventually pissed Philip off. Not only that, not only that, it led to a reunion and a breakup. Reunion wives, Jack and Jennifer, and breakup wives, Jake and Kate. Now, before y'all start going in on my Jake and Kate, I warn y'all, I'm very sensitive about them. But let's get into it. (laughs) You want to start this off, Harriet? Go ahead. You can go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to say I love that my Jack and Jennifer are back together. Oh, that was I a do reunion. Find, mm. I do find it strange that Will, of all people, is the one who pushed her to that reunion. Speaking of but, that, uh, we're going to get to this later. But, Will, relationship is advice is not something you need to preach. Well, not even that. I mean, I was like, I'm just like, he gets to see Maggie. He gets to see Jennifer. But he's in Marlena's house and doesn't get to see Marlena. Okay, sure. We're going to get to that part later. We'll get to that part later. But the actual reunion was super, super cute and adorable. And, like, good on John Lindstrom for stepping in there for the uh, reunion kiss, uh, which had soap opera news or whatever that outlet is on Twitter not said that. I'm not even sure I would have realized it was him. I, w- I did not notice until I saw it on Twitter after I watched. And I was like, oh, wow. 
They and I was wondering why they would even do that because that's not something Daisy has ever done up to this point. But apparently Katie put out on Twitter that she was sick that day. And so John stepped in for Matt. She was sick and was acting like that? Yeah, she apparently had a bit of a cold. And so... Bravo they, her, Right? So good. And can I just give Katie McLean all the shout outs of good things because... She is really bringing Jennifer to life for me. And yes. like, I still get butterflies with Jack and Jennifer with her in the role. Like, like I, I wasn't sure that I would, but like, oh, it's so good. I, I still prefer missing the role, but oh my God, I am, I am loving Katie's take on Jennifer. Like, she has finally grown into the role of Jennifer. And her I see Abby, Jennifer when I look at her. And her scenes with Abby this week were my favorite too. Oh, like great. they just have a good rapport back and forth. Yes. I think it might be my favorite version of Jennifer and Abby. I think I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Like, what I like quite honestly, this is my favorite similar. version of Jennifer right now. Because I can like I told you guys, when Katie stepped into the role and after a few weeks, I felt like that's Jennifer Rose again. After Missy Reeves returned back in like, when was that? 1999? 2001. 2001. 2000. 2000. Jennifer came back as more uptight and stuffy and very reserved, whereas Katie stepped in. And I see that young 20-something Jennifer Rose who used to hang out with Kristen and Billy and had her little romance with Peter Blake, but realized she was still in love with Jack. You know what I mean? I yeah, feel there's like a vibrancy she, there that's was missing. Yes, but she has a m- more mature outlook at the same time. So I feel like Kayla McLean is a grown-up Jennifer Rose. And I love that because a lot of people haven't been feeling that Jennifer has been Jennifer for quite a while. And it was hard because they threw her into the deep end. She had to play a breakup to a relationship she didn't get to play. She had to play for history that for a character that has been on since the eighties. Exactly, took- she had to play history. She didn't really. She had to speak on history she didn't really know, which I believed when she did that. But I get why some people didn't. But now that she's kind of been in the role for a minute, we're getting to see her interact with Jennifer's family like we're getting to see her with Jack we're getting to see her with her kids we're getting to actually see her take on Jennifer and it's not just Katie acting the hell out of mater- out of material you're actually seeing her yes. find a way to be Jennifer yeah I wasn't feeling her at first like I, it was some disconnect between Katie and Jennifer in my opinion uh, but now like I see Jennifer when I look at her. and What was the turning point for you? It was when uh, Jack dropped off the gift. Mm. That was what solidified that it for me, was too. Like, that was like, oh. See, it took, y'all, it took y'all longer than me because me personally, it solidified it when her and Kate were arguing in the park and she started talking all the history of Bill and Laura and Kate. When they both slapped each other? Yes, you can literally see the pain of Jennifer talking about that situation because even still, 30, 
years later, that still bothers her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's when I get, I was like, for her to have not known this history and to act that pain so well, she gets an A in my book. But back but to the have they, have they uh, Have their history always been this bad? Like, I don't remember. Kate and Jennifer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They I have. Mean, it always it, has uh, been bad, but they haven't really crossed paths. And Kate spoke on that. She was like, you can say you accepted my son, but you never really accepted me. The only hoarding that really, like, accepted Kate was Alice. Because everyone held that grudge against Kate breaking up Bill and Laura's marriage for years. And some still hold that to this day. I believe if Julie and Kate were to run into each other, Julie would bring that up. Yeah. And I think if Laura hadn't have lost her mind as a result of their affair, they probably wouldn't hold it against her so much. But people fail to realize Laura was slipping into decline before she but went that into that tonic kind of state. Yeah, it sent her over the edge, but like Kate said, that marriage was going downhill fast before Kate even stepped in. Because, you know, to me, I feel like Kate and, not Kate, Laura and Bill's relationship started ending once Laura left Jennifer on that bus. Oh, I didn't see that. I have to go back and watch that. Yes, Laura was going through the motions with her mental health, and she left, Jennifer was probably about three or four that's me estimating. And she left her yeah, on a she public was bus. Little. I remember seeing a clip about it. And she left her on a public bus and they couldn't find her. To me, personally, that's when the relationship was downhill for Bill. Bill was done. He just didn't know how to leave her in that state. Because even when she returned from the center, him and Bill, her and Bill were still married. I know. Legally. Yeah, they were legally married and she tried. They tried to make it work, but Laura was just too hurt over the affair, and she, it just, it, it wasn't ever the same. And it led her to hit the sheets with Jack, and you know how I feel about that. Oh, that should have worked. Uh, well, I'm watching the start of the relationship, and it's kind of just there for me right now. Wait till it gets to the middle, I promise you. Now, speaking of Kate, her and Jake decides to break up, and... Mm. Let's, I'm going to be, I'm going to speak on it first and then let y'all go away. Okay. That was probably the most angsty scenes I've seen from Lauren Coslow since Kate and Roman divorced. That's sad. I know they, they don't write her as angsty and they keep putting her in these relationships of power instead of actual genuine emotion for somebody. But it was very angsty when he was sitting there crying, I was like, I hope you enjoyed that kiss at midnight because that's the last kiss you'll get. And she looked devastated. I felt more for him in that scene than I did for her. I felt for both of them. I really did. I was just like in awe of Brandon's performance, but I kept laughing that over that Jake was crying. Like, <laughs> I don't like this character. I don't get him. I actually love- he lost me. When she claims to love Chad, and that's the entire reason that she's keeping this relationship a secret. But you don't love him enough to stop him from feeling the pain of thinking his wife is sleeping with his brother when you know damn well that that's not the truth. Exactly. 
But uh, well, here's the thing. Kate does her own children like this, so... I understand that, but when you're trying to say that you love Chad in the same breath, and that that's why you're not coming forward with the relationship, but you don't love him enough to stop him from being in pain. I mean, Michael, yeah, but- you brought up her children. Why aren't we seeing her? In- that thirty-second scene with Philip was-, was better terrible. than anything she's done with Jake. Like, I don't get it. We have two of her kids, only two, right? Um, yes, Lucas in town. Uh, I had to think. That's why I stopped. Um, in town, and she's not interacting with them a lot. She's with her ch- uh, fake child, Chad, and only with Jake. Like, come on! I wish I they wanna... would just say. That I love Kate. I hate this. Moving. I hate this. Uh, well, this is how I feel about it. If they actually put her in a decent relationship where it's actually please yes please if it's not based on money and actual genuine feeling i feel like we will see a lot more of kate with her kids instead of going through the motions and trying to keep secrets and what's good for society and what's good for business this and the third but and then the conversation was just i like that conversation I'm sorry, Jennifer should not be giving relationship advice to the woman who slept with her husband. But I look she at She shouldn't the, even have to apologize. Like yeah, that enraged me. Come enraged on. me. Well, I look at it like this, and this is what I want for 2021. I want to get back to the hoardings who weren't so judgmental and unforgiving. If they saw someone, hell, sometimes Alice would comfort Stefano and his children if something went wrong. Okay, fine, but Kate did but, something recently, like, and she found out about this two months ago. True. Yeah. Like, true. She's being apologetic. Uh-uh. No, fuck that. True, but yeah. I saw it as, this is Alice's granddaughter. Seeing someone upset, and no matter how they feel about them at that moment, she's going to try to help. That's what I love mm-hmm. about it. No. Yeah, sure, she's I'm, being the bigger person, but, like, now, she's still... Me she, personally, she it wouldn't have been me because I would be like, well, sorry, child. Oh, hell no, would not have been me either. Same. But, I would not apologize to someone like that. But seeing how the Hordens were and actually going back and watching clips of how Tom and Alice were to people, no matter who they were, it touched me because I'm like, that, now that is a Horden trait. But I can see why people would understand, be like, because me personally... It's just a bad tone on top of the stuff with Chad and Gwen, which I'm sure we're getting to here in a minute. Um, And on top of just the misogynistic feel of everything lately, like it was just not, it was just not it for me. We're going to talk about misogyny in just a few because we're getting to that. But lastly, we had to touch on the Chloe, Brady and Philip triangle that was going on during that party. How do y'all feel about it? They sparkle and I am team make Chloe happy. I'm, I'm team. Bro- I'm bro at the moment. I'm, it might change in a few months, though. Before I say it, how do you guys pronounce their ship I, names? I say Flowey and Broey. Yeah, I say Broey and Flowey, too. So um, I'm team Flowey. So all for Flowey. But uh, I'll be happy either way, to be honest. Either way. Like, 
I, I'm here for a triangle. Don't get me wrong. I still don't think Broly has chemistry, but that's for another discussion. But, like, I wouldn't mind the triangle, to be honest. So that's one of the stories I'm actually looking forward to. I feel like that's coming up. I feel like it's coming up this year. I will say, I said this earlier, Philip is the biggest idiot for having a super secret conversation in the middle of a party, which everybody in Salem at one point or another does this, and I can't stand it no matter who does it. But I forgive it because the look that Chloe gave him and the way in which Chloe is able to call Philip on his shit gives me life. Listen, this First that off, gives me a flashback to the juror days, like when a character was standing and talking on the phone or talking to themselves. Only this time they actually heard it instead of playing deaf. Exactly, like, what did you say? Oh, no, I was just talking with this person. Like we had with like Jennifer that. and Gwen a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so I like that, but um, it was an interesting year. I will say this, Nadia is doing the acting of her life for it's be 20 years in and you still have chemistry with two actors just and right off the she bat. never really got a chance to One play of them, off of eric sorry. that much exactly like, she and eric never got to play broey at all because when when eric came in as brady they were already divorced or in the process of divorcing and then they never went there ever with him in the role they I look at it like this: for an actress to have chemistry with a character, no matter who is playing, what actor is playing that character, I feel like that's just stellar acting to me. Because oh, yeah. you oh, still yeah. get the history and the feels of Broy, even though it's not Kyle Lauder. It works. It works really well, and they just like. Brady and Chloe and Philip and Chloe sparkle. Nadia Bierlin has chemistry with just about everything that moves. Uh, I'm gonna disagree on some of it because I don't. I've never seen the chemistry with either versions of Broey. Um, but I do like tend to lean lean toward to more like new Broey than classic Broey or whatever. Yeah, new Broey uh, was better than classic to me because back uh-huh. then I was. New Broy is better than classic Broy to me because back then Same. I was rooting for her and Philip. And see, now back then I, I was hardcore rooting for Chloe and Brady because I didn't like the writing for Philip back then. Now the writing is more balanced for both of them that I'm kind of don't know which way I really lean. I'm just glad which they is actually. a good thing about a triangle. Like I said, I don't see the chemistry, but I'm here for a triangle with Floey as Endgame. Um, but I do see more chemistry between Nadia and uh, Eric than I yes. do with Nadia and Kyle. So I'll say that much, but I, I, I don't see romantic. I see pl- platonic, like friendship type of chemistry with uh, the two of them. But it's more than sh- what she had with Kyle. I'll say that much. Well... That wasn't the only thing going on this new year. Gwen's schemes finally come to a climax in more ways than one. Mm. This week, we see Abigail friendly looking for Chad, also confronting Jake. Also, we see Gwen finally convincing that Chad and Jake are having an affair, which leads him on a wild goose chase throughout Salem and later into the sheets with Gwen. <laughs> 
Also, we see that Anna and Abigail are finally connecting information from Gwen's room to figure out that she's actually scheming. Took them long enough, but hey. Ladies, how do y'all feel? It was Gwen, 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 Gwen all week, which I didn't know. I'm just going to say this. Leanne Hunley and Anna Demera are national treasures, and I need them in Salem full time. We'll just start there. (laughs) I love seeing Anna figuring it all out. It feels kind of random, though. Because it's not, it's exactly who she is. Who she is, yeah. She she was it's always exactly who she knows is. She's and always... wants to get to the bottom of something. Yep. Only this I know time she is like listen. that, but it's still like she shows up and like, oh, it's Gwen, she's doing this, and let's go into her room. Like it feels kind of like I don't know, it just feels a bit random, but I get that's how Anna is like she she gets to the bottom of things. So. Yep, she's she's 100% like that. And I think also you could kind of say that maybe she kind of sees herself a bit in Gwen so she can kind of see a schemer because she kind of mm-hmm. was one at one point. The, oh. You know, the thing that irritated me the most with this story is that Abigail got the information that she needed to clear her name and was telling everyone but Chad. She told Jennifer. She told Anna. She told Tony. Hell, everyone in Salem knew that Abigail was asleep with Jake, except for the person it actually mattered with. And that's what yeah, really annoyed me. The between Abigail and Chad wasn't it. I will say, the scene between Jennifer and Abigail, when Abigail put together that it was Jake, like, I said this on Twitter, too, earlier, like, this storyline is making me root for Abigail in a way that I haven't in a really long time. Really long time. Mm-hmm. Because, but my thing is, is like, you telling everybody but your husband, me But personally, she also can't find her husband. Like, she's true, trying. True, true. But, but her dumbass husband ain't answering the phone. So what is she supposed to do? Me personally, I wasn't saying nothing until I link up with my um significant other and be like, look, this is what's going on. What are we going to do about it? But no, you taking a break... I mean, driving yourself ragged, taking a break, trying to tell everybody, oh, mom, guess what's going on? Oh, Tony, Anna, there you are. Well, no, the the scene with Jennifer makes sense because had that conversation with Jennifer not happened, she never would have put two and two together in the first place. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give y'all that one. But her going to Anna and Tony, it made no sense to me. At that point, I see it was moving story along, but at that point, Abigail should have been on the road like, where's my husband? I don't get um Chad's uh, insecurities. Oh my god, let's. Oh. Uh, I do. Uh, I do because Chad has been insecure. But from the first, no, 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 no. I don't understand why. Like all of that pent up fr- frustration. The and... things that came out of his mouth. Wow. What Terrible. the entire oh. book? It was. Ryan. I thought the things that Eli said last year was horrible, but no. <laughs> He had reasons to, oh my god, this, this was awful. Because this is almost worse than the cheating for me, and I'll tell you what. Because it is, it is, no, it is to me. Alcohol Why? is like truth serum. Your inhibitions are down, and you speak the truth. So you're going to sit here, and you're going to tell me that you did not believe that your wife is mentally ill. You thought she meant to kill your one brother on purpose. You thought she meant to sleep with Stefan, and that it wasn't rape. But you here's the thing she- that irritates me. No, 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 there's 
there. Hold on. And how are you going to say that, but say you love her? Why are you going to forgive her for any of this if that's what you truly think? Quite honestly, in my opinion, it shouldn't have went this far because that little scene over Christmas where he basically called her out and was like, I believe you purposely slept with Stefan. She should have divorced him right there. Thanksgiving, not Christmas. That was Thanksgiving? That was Thanksgiving. And she lasted it. Stop writing. I, I wish they would stop writing these women. Listen, I don't know if you guys love Chabby, but I do. They just exist to me. Like, I've never really um, and I I've never see cared for them. I want to see, like, if they're going to get back together eventually, Chad has to, like, do a lot to earn oh, her oh, love no. and trust back. And to yeah. me, at this point, you belittle her mental health. There's no coming back from this. There's no, there, like, I literally said this too. Like, I don't even stand them like that. Like, you know, the couples I stand, I'm hardcore for the couples I stand. I, I don't even stand them like that. And I was horrified. Same. Uh, Again, that conversation but, where like, he basically belittled her mental illness and was like, I believe you slept with, slept with Stefan on purpose. To me, I haven't heard that should have been like the end of it. Listen, I didn't think I would ever find anything worse than mid 90s Roman. Okay. I found it. We were literally wow. having this discussion, Tony. Like, there's nobody worse. I, I don't know what Ryan was thinking, but he literally went into the writer's room and was like, we're going to do a what's worse is a woman wrote these us. words. That's what's crazy. A woman wrote these words. Ugh. Yeah, a woman was the script writer for that day. Um, but my thing like, is, are they going into the writer's room thinking we're going to have a character assassination assembly? Steve. Ron has made Trill. Chabby his whipping post since he got to town. I feel so bad for Chabby fans. Like, this is not fair. It, it's really not. And I don't know what it is because he can write them well. He proved that in the reunion in 2017. Yes. And he proved that in Chabby in Paris. Exactly. So what exactly is happening? But it wasn't someone else writing for them? Like, I keep seeing Chabby fans men- mention Dave Ryan or something. Not Ryan Kwan, but Dave Ryan. No, Ron wrote Chabby in Paris. And Ron wrote the 2017 reunion into the double wedding, which was beautiful for them. It was. What what I'm really tired of is them writing women as, well, I found the love of my life. I'll never find another again. John, that's, that's a soap trope from forever ago. And I get that, but We've seen that you can find love again. You don't have to take up with terrible behavior. Marlena is an example of that. And now it's 2021, Salem 2022. Abigail is fine. Marcy Miller is a fine woman. Let me say this. She is fine. She is fine. She is fine. My God. So Can we just talk about how much Marcy has improved? Yes, like, I've always like adored Marcy. And There's something different this round. But she's more present. She's more vibrant. That break from days was good for her. It I really think. was. I think it made her appreciate what she had. What she, she had. had mm-hmm. days. Also, they're not working her super hard. Like she only has to focus on Abby. She's not playing three different characters. Yeah, she's exactly. not being spread super thin. She can focus a hundred percent on Abby, and it shows. Plus, you can tell she actually likes her environment because, as much as I love Kate Mancy, 
towards the end of her run, you can tell she was just ready to go. She was just cash. Yeah. Um, I haven't been feeling Kate Mancy for a few was years, it? personally. Like, I I felt did her the most return crazy. That was it. When she first started in nineteen, was- right? I'm sorry. I'm thinking about when she returned. She returned in November. Tw- November twenty nineteen. No, yeah, it was twenty nineteen because it was after the time jump. Well, no, no, she returned before. She did it. She did it in eighteen, and then they were November twenty eighteen because Marcy's exit was being locked up, and yeah, then right. He came in in the padded room. And then she was there for a few months till February when they wrote Chad and Abigail both out, when they remarried them and wrote them out. Kate came back in November of 2019 for the time jump. Yeah, right. And didn't Chubby in Paris happen during, like, the summer of 2019? Yes. Yes. Because, well, it happened happened twice. Right before the time jump. I remember that. Yeah. I like them in, uh, I like Kate in uh shabby in paris. paris like she she had my favorite moment ever like when she slapped the shit out of juliet with that lamp mm-hmm. and that's the other thing too like when the shoe was on the other foot in shabby in paris she walked in on chad in bed with another woman and mm-hmm. she had faith that he didn't cheat on her yeah yeah exactly. both times another person is convincing chad that his wife is betraying him both times he believed it he believed it with gabby and he believed it with gwen and the kicker is Gwen didn't even have to do that much this time. But let's be honest, Chad has been an insecure character forever. He was very insecure when he was dating, oh, I can't remember her name. Melanie? Yes, Melanie. He was do you guys notice how differently he, uh, Ron writes Chabby when, um, when Kate's in the role and when uh, Marcy's in the role? Quite honestly, and I'm I'm just gonna say this, people on Twitter might just come from me. But quite honestly, I think he's trying to break them up mainly because Marcy and Billy do not have chemistry. Which is crazy because Marcy and Billy love working together. Exactly. I think they do have chemistry. So yeah, they I think he might have better chemistry with Marcy than he does. With Kate, with Kate, mainly mainly because Kate couldn't stand him and it showed on screen. But like not only that, but um, like I, I was about to say before, um, but I got cut off. We got off to something. Sorry. Else. No, it's okay. Um, like Kate, uh, she hasn't been at the top of a game these last few years. Like 2018, she started off great. She was great in Chabby in Paris, but like to when she returned in 2019, I don't know. I wasn't feeling her. Well, in 2019, crazy, right? she, she, 2019 she was, I feel like it came to a head that she realized that but they she was going to write during, that character. Uh, uh, during the story when Abigail was drugged. Um, yeah. Like early spring sometime. Yeah, it mm-hmm. started April 27th, 2020. Yeah, I don't know why I remember you. that date so specifically, but <laughs> I do. Yeah, so she was great then. And then I don't remember when her last air date was. Uh, it was over the summer. It was mid-May, I think. Yes. Yeah, it was she during was quarantine. Like, I remember that. Right. So she's been on and off from the start of the time jump until like spring. But I did like her in that one story and Chabby in Paris. But uh, other to, than to that, me she personally, she doesn't to me have personally, the same spunk. 
to me personally, she realized she was ready to get up out of that job, mainly because I hate to say it, her and Billy Flynn couldn't stand each other. Oh, I don't know what couldn't. I don't know what happened. This is just speculation. Allegedly, they couldn't stand each other, and it showed on screen. With I this, think there was beef in the past, like they and they given, didn't like each other. And, and then, given what Billy has said about his first stint at Days and what his mindset was during that time, I'm not surprised. Exactly, but it, it's crazy and it's ironic because Kate and Billy have amazing romantic chemistry. And they couldn't stand each other. Whereas Marcy and Billy, they're the best of friends, but their romantic chemistry is not that great. Billy said something similar in uh, Soap She Knows. Uh, she Knows Soaps. Um, oh, is that he... what that interview was about? That, in, that headline turned me off, so I didn't even click on it. Huh? I said, was that what that interview was about? Because I didn't even read it because the, the headline turned me off. Like it was, he talked about how he has different kind of chemistry between both Abby's uh, Kate and Marcy. Like he had more fiery chemistry with uh, Kate, and like um, he said that he was like having a body type of chemistry. Uh, don't take me verbatim for this. I will look. I will bring the article up. Okay, you know what they would make the most sense at as of right now. You know how. Roman and Marlena are, you know, how they completely moved on. You know, they realized they but they're were close and they're friends. Yeah. Yes, that's how they give it off. And I think that's but how they should write them from now. Going back to what's currently happening on the screen, I don't even want that. Like when this comes out, I need Abigail to take her kids out of that house and divorce <laughs> his ass. And, and take I hope everything that when- he has. I hope that Gwen was recording that conversation because I need Abigail to hear the words that her husband said about her. First, I off, found the article. If you guys want me to read it, oh yes, um, what please. he said. Um, when it comes to Chad, Chad and Miller's version of Abby, I think they meant like Flynn and Miller. Uh, Flynn Muse, they have an old way of dealing with each other. They're very familiar. It's an evolved type of love. Meanwhile, with Kate, it's kind of like. It's kind of more passionate, like we have a more of a fire between us. Attributing the differences to having worked with Mansi longer than Miller, Flynn continued, we have more history. So there's more of a chemistry kind of thing there where Marcy and I are like buddies. And yeah, it's longer than this, but this is That's what he the said. general on. consensus, yeah. Exactly. But you can see like he gets along better with uh, Marcy than he does with Kate but I currently I just think he and Kate were like just work friends and that's that's normal and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but no when you're producing something that's going to be shown out to everyone people pick up on that yeah right last thing to talk about the little things you know the little small things that were spread throughout and wasn't really a big story well it Maybe for you, Ariette. <laughs> well, Will visited everyone in Salem and FaceTime Sunny over New Year's Eve. And oh God. That I was know, I liked it. I liked part of those Wilson scenes. Like the part where they got to like the the New Year's Eve resolutions. Like that was cute and reminded me of when and why I liked them. 
And technologically speaking, given the fact that Freddie actually did this from Florida and it was an actual legit zoom in, it mm-hmm. worked really, really well. And I want more. Not necessarily from Freddie, but if we could get maybe Christy Clark to zoom in from England and we can get an appearance from Carrie, I would be all about that. Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning and then work my way down. I did not like this visit, along with a couple of other cameo visits that we've had recently. The only cameo visit I can really say that I truly enjoyed is Tony and Anna because they are being involved in a heavy story, but not in your face with it. They're just moving it along. You Whereas, didn't like the one with Sammy? Like, I, wouldn't yeah. even count that. I, I wouldn't even count that as a cameo visit because it moves story along. And she was here for a couple of and months. And she was here for that. You know what I no, mean? No, I'm talking about the Zoom. I um, did love that. But I'll get to that. Okay. I'm so over these cameo visits. They stay for a few weeks and literally do not move story along. They're not involved. In it. They're just a sounding board. And Well, Will did technically move story along because Will did technically get Jennifer to go to that party. I'll yeah. give him that. But even still, it felt flat for me because Will literally gave his advice and walked out the door. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't try to talk with Jennifer about it more after he said those lines before he left. Oh, no, I completely agree that it, it, it was kind of random and weird and not really necessary, but you can't really put it under the didn't move story category because it did. Okay. I, I mean, I can give you that, but it was just very, it fell flat, whereas Antonia and Anna they're moving story along and, and you coming feel, alive at the same time. Yes. But I felt the same way when they brought JJ and Theo back. Theo, I will say he kind of moved Charlie and Claire along. JJ, he kind of moved Jack and Jennifer story along. But it wasn't enough for me to feel like, God, it was good to see JJ, Theo, and Will home. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, well, in, do you like that she's in town? I like that yeah. he's in town, but I feel like the writing... No, I'm talking been... about Valerie. She's also still in town. I thought she left, uh, but... Well, she was there not to move story along. I feel like she was there because her grandchildren came in. If she was missing, I feel like that would have been a giant chunk missing from that story. So while she didn't move story along, I felt like she was needed. And it yeah, was she's, ridiculously she's, she's still around. Like she's gonna be in. Whereas uh, JJ and Theo, quite honestly, they didn't even need to come back. <laughs> yeah, it was random, but was I, random, I did like I seeing like... Theo back because I feel like I... Theo was a test. Like they kind of dropped it in, kind of saw how we reacted to it, and maybe they'll bring him back down the line. Don't get me wrong, I would love to see these characters back, but bring them back it actually made me feel like, God, it was good to see them. Like when Theo left, I was like, that's it? That's all? I don't, I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't like how little we saw Theo, but I like that we get got to see him with his family, but I yeah. don't know. It, it, My issue with Theo's return was more the lack of... Um, the lack of presence to perform the autism the way that Kyler did. Like, but, 
But can you blame it? I mean, they only had Theo in probably about five scenes. Yeah, but even still, there was until he literally said that he was autistic, I was literally thinking the writers had forgotten that he was autistic. Because I'll, I'll, but then again, I think what irritates me is they keep boosting these returns as if they're going to be charting story or starring the story, and then boom, they're gone. Like when I heard that Gabby and JJ and Theo were returning, I was thinking, okay, we're going to get a story from them. Well, Gabby is coming back. Well, I know that now, but still, in the promos, they was boosting it up like Gabby was coming back and she was going to raise hell, but I still don't get why why she only returned for a day. Because I think that was planned pre-COVID. Pre-when she decided to come back full-time. And then even though she'd agreed by the time they got to film it because COVID, um, they still had to get those scripts out get those scripts out so she left and then she'll be back and back full term okay i understand that but these cameos are just falling flat i just wish they would stop doing them without giving them major story to push on and then leave like they even did it with carrie when carrie returned for caroline's funeral carrie came back for that memorial Slept with slept Rafe. With and Rafe. Why did she sleep with Rafe? Jesus. Exactly. That it was, was a pointless. Dumbest return. Like, it was pointless to me. It ruined the cameo for me. I was excited to see Carrie, and then when she left, I was like, "Well, damn, Carrie did might as well." interact with uh, Marlena and yes, John. they were. She, she did at with the memorial. John at the memorial. But even still, it was like she left, and I was like, "Damn, they could have killed Carrie in Switzerland for this." But um. But as for the FaceTime. When Sammy did it, I don't know, maybe because it was an actual Zoom, whereas in Allie was in studio when she recorded hers. It felt as if Freddie was just talking. You could tell Freddie was talking to a wall. <laughs> That's how it came off to me. It just fell flat. I didn't like this return. I feel like they could have kept this one. Waited a few years. Plus, it didn't hit me as hard because literally Will and Sonny just left town. Yeah, well, they had wanted, I don't know if you guys had seen this, but they wanted Freddie to come back in person for Christmas, but Freddie had just relocated to Florida. Like, he had just done, like, a 40-hour drive from California to Florida, and they were getting settled when he got the call. So he said, I don't really want to fly back, but I'm willing to do a Zoom if you guys want to. And they didn't really say anything on the initial phone call, but then they emailed back a couple weeks later and said, we want you to Zoom, but it's now for New Year's Eve. And that's kind of how this whole thing. I mean, I commend him for it. It just fell. It fell flat, mainly because, I don't know, it just didn't hit home to me when it should have, considering who Will and Sonny are. But I don't know. Maybe when was I guess the last that- time anything Will and Sonny actually hit home for you in person? A point was made. Because quite honestly, the last time I truly, truly felt something for Will was when his memory was gone. Will gaining his memory was the worst thing he ever did. And he's had affairs and shot people. It's interesting, though, because um, Will getting his memories back as far as Wilson goes. Um, that was like my favorite scene for them in recent years. Um, but I mean, it was a good scene, but you know, 
I prefer Will with Paul, but same. <laughs> Me too. But that scene, like if we're talking about any Wilson scenes that hit home for any of us. That was one of them. Um, and for me, it was the the jail breakup when he was trying to convince all oh, of to divorce him. That was a good one. I think I, I remember it was either tweeting late about 20, it. I think it was either late 20... Yeah, it was like late 2019 because he had the scenes with Sonny and then he had the scenes with Justin right after. Uh, I th- okay, I thought about it. Now that I think about it and sit and manifest in myself, it didn't hit home to me, mainly because they had Will interacting with random people. And when I say random, I mean people he could have met up with off screen, whereas we would have preferred to see him talking with Marlena, Ali some more, Lucas. It will, it will forever anger me that Will was in Marlena's house magically disappeared and never got to share a scene with her scene with her exactly it which you know home. they filmed it they just decided to cut it for whatever freaking reason like the only you- scene that really hit home for me was when he was talking to Allie and kate because yes. that's in the pathos we know he's close to his sister and his grandma i mean even it would have been nice to see him talk him to and brady but i couldn't even enjoy that because he was gone like five seconds later exactly we I've always enjoyed him. Will with his family more than I have. Like I do, I do like uh, Will and Paul, but like currently, I enjoy him so much more. With and they had him talking with Jennifer, and I was thinking, I was like, when was the last time Will and Jennifer actually sat down and had a decent discussion? And I don't blame the actors for any of this. I just blame no. the writing. Like but the they only also- time I remember was when like didn't um will push abigail like when they were kids from a swing or something yes 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 but that's the only time i remember it wasn't even chandler yeah but that's way back that's the only time i remember like will and And jennifer Jennifer it was random for him to actually give this advice to her i get their family and like i didn't hate it because i always enjoy like when they play up the Luke, the Horton side of Lucas's family, like be it with with Lucas and Jennifer, and then Will and Jennifer, it worked. But I would have much rather had seen him with Marlena than him with Jennifer or with Maggie. Exactly. Well, speaking of family, Elani decided to name their twins. Okay, it is Carter. Carter, Malcolm, and Juliet Harriet. 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 Julia Harriet. Okay. We're going to let the biggest Elani stand go first, and then I'm going to go last. <laughs> I love their names. Like, it's cute. It fits them. Um, I think it honors them both, uh, like Abe and Julie. Um, some people are, are upset about it, and I get it. Like, Jewel, like, because of the way Julie has been written, but and also because there, there's no mention of Tamara and Valerie, but I still think like it fits both of these babies, and I, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't see the first name Carver coming. Oh, I did. You did. I remember. What do you think? 
I love it. And first, before we even get to the actual names, I want to just say that I have enjoyed the normal beats of pregnancy that get played with Eli and Lonnie. Oh, I've loved that. They were married and, well, they weren't married yet, but they were engaged. Or I don't even know if they were engaged yet, but they were together and happy when she found out she was pregnant. There was no major secret keeping. Like, they found out together. They dealt with it together. We got to see them find out it was twins. And then we got to see them be the together for the birth. And then we actually got to see them having a conversation about naming their babies. Exactly. And we don't get these normal beats on soaps ever. So when we do, it's really nice. I really liked it. The, the thing is that I didn't like that we didn't get to see a lot of a lot of time uh, with them bonding like during her pregnancy because there was so much drama in between like September and November and they then they were ba barely on until like recently. Now I will say I have enjoyed the pregnancy beats. They have really but they've done a great job with her mm -hmm. pregnancy like her it pregnancy like pad like, it felt like old soap. Exactly. So yeah. I've I've enjoyed that. I just wish they, they had like, I was so worried they wouldn't have like Eli rubbing her belly like during Christmas. And I know a lot of Ilani fans were waiting for it. Like give us some type of moment before she goes into labor and we got it. And so that was cute. Like we were waiting so long for it. Um, but... Now onto these names. <laughs> I I'm, like I'm, them. I'm, I mean, they okay, but my issue is they aren't coming up with original names. Okay, so what would you rename them then? I don't, I really don't know. I really <laughs> don't, but I'm just, I think I'm still PO'd about Henry and uh, these string of old names that they got from a list at a assisted living facility hey carver is not that old of a name no, carver i'll give them carver because it's like my name michael it's an old name but it's one of those names that never go out of style but julia i don't think anyone is still naming their children julia at 2021 2022 um well i mean i have a cousin juliana which is close to julia see that's more modern than julia when i think julia i think of one of I but used to Julian, work in an assisted uh, living facility. I, to, I, I think it's Julia Child. I'm not gonna lie. Exactly. Where do you? I said I, I think of Julia Child. Exactly. Oh. You think of some old woman, whereas Henry, I said when they finally named Henry Henry, I was like, hell, that sounds like one of Tom's long lost children that he had during an affair. Henry. Henry bothers me more because it's random, but at least these names have meaning. Now, you can yeah. have issue with the fact that of who they're idolizing by, by naming them this, but I am just happy that it's not straight Abraham and Jim, yeah, yeah, which I didn't but, think they were going to do because they did David Abraham for their first but baby. Then, so but I, then again, when, have, when was the last time we've gotten an original name uh, an original modern name Claire A's baby Claire that's it 
Well, Tate, but that was a terrible name. Everyone no, Tate was a terrible name. So we're looking for names that were good. It would probably be Claire. Claire and Sierra, I'm thinking. But Sierra doesn't count because we picked that. Exactly. But I like that we got to pick it. Would oh, you no, say Charlotte? I love, that, I love that we got to pick it, but if we're looking at the show, the names that the show picked, Sierra doesn't count because we picked that. All right. Would you say Charlotte? Um, I don't like Charlotte. <laughs> Me either. But <laughs> I don't like Charlotte. I feel like I ever can't... since then, no, Charlotte is that's that doesn't have any meaning, right? No, it, it was it, it was after her favorite book, I think, or after her favorite author. Okay, but I I, I like that it honored um, Abe and Julie, but like I I don't feel like that type type of connection with that. Oh, sorry. Lonnie and her mom on screen, like, I do enjoy them, but having missed out on seeing them on screen, not, the baby's not being named after her doesn't, like, bother me, because there hasn't been anything on screen for them, aside for two wi- visits. Like, and and that's another wedding. issue with them keeping, keep on naming children after these legacy characters or after their parents. Or grandparents, somebody is going to get left out, and eventually people are going to get pissed about it. I would like if it, I would like it if it, um, uh, Valerie turns out to be the grand, uh, no, not the godmother. She is godmother. Thank you. So I would like that, um, but I, I'm more upset that Valerie was left out than Tamara because we have barely seen her. At least with Valerie, we've seen her on screen for. Two years. But if you think about it from a story perspective, who supported Eli when he was when he was not sure what to do when Trask first blackmailed him? He went to Abe. Who got them back together? Doug and Julie. So from a story perspective, if you take the issues out of it, it makes sense. And at least it wasn't Kristen. Oh God, yes! <laughs> I'm so relieved about that. Because I was, I, ex- I was expecting like Christina, Christian, Kristoff. I would have accepted Kristoff only because I know Lamont was close to Kristoff St. John. So uh, if they had done that, I would have been fine with it. But that would have been it. Yeah, I'm just glad they didn't. They should have kept na- Tate's name, Christopher. By the way, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. And how do we feel about the name Rachel? terrible i don't hate it i i think it's cute i mean it is after her mother yeah but still who's naming children like mackenzie mickey no no i actually like mackenzie i like mackenzie too i don't (laughs) mainly because it's a mainly because it's a modern name but i would have nicknamed her kenzie instead of mickey instead of mickey yeah like uh, out of all of these names, I think I prefer uh, the like Carver and uh, Julia, and I like her nickname that Ilani came up with. Jules, I love that because that's so, actually that's what we call my cousin Juliana. We call her Jules. So I like that. And Michael, you've come up with another nickname, Juju. Yes, so, <laughs> that's great. We need but, one for Carver as well. I like Carver just straight out. You know, some folks don't need a nickname. Carver is a very good name. Said Some people anyway. say like it should have been like switched around. Malcolm Carver. I would like that too. I would like. I don't that know. Too. I I just I think Carver Price Grant has such a nice cool ring to it. 
It does. That's wow. Mm. Carver Price Grant. Right. But anyways, you know, Jules, I, I don't call Henry. Do you guys think name. she will have? They will have Lonnie's uh, last name as well. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, I would imagine so. I would. I would think, considering that she kept her name as well. Yeah, that's what I think too, and that would be great, actually. But you know, it's glad that we have Juju and Carver in Salem. We have more black people in Salem because you know Abe was the only one for the longest time. I'm Thank God, we're, and we're getting I'm so more, excited. Like, I'm so excited for the story that's coming. And the story also, is previewed in the promo, in the extended promo that came out. Wait, the extended promo dropped. Yep. Yep. Um, Everyone keep DMing me like the promo is extended promo is out. Oh my god, did you see it? Well, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that, y'all. I, I didn't see the extended. I just saw the regular. Me neither. Me neither. Must have just dropped while we were recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get to it, y'all. We're gonna get to it. Now we are on to one of my favorite segments: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Where we list the good, the bad, and the ugly of this week. Okay, for me, my good was anything Kate related. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, y'all probably side eyeing me, but the conversation <laughs> with Jack, where he basically was like, "Oh, that pissed me all the way off." That conversation with Jack to me, it was great because Kate basically said how I've been feeling about the Hortons for the long for a while now. He basically, she basically said that Jennifer is judgmental, unforgiving, and self-righteous, which is basically almost... She just found out that her husband cheated on her and lied about it. How the hell is she supposed to react? I mean, yeah, but still, she didn't lie at the same time. Bad timing, but it wasn't a lie. I also liked her scenes with her berating trip and was ready to slap the hell out of her. That was great. I'll give you that one. I also like Kate and Jennifer's conversation, and I've touched on that, mainly because it showed Jennifer's hoarding side. It showed that she's Alice's granddaughter through and through. The bad was Will and Sonny's FaceTime call. I'm sorry, I couldn't get into it. It seemed like they were talking to a blank screen in the wall. It, Zoom acting just wasn't the right call. I wish they could be something else. Freddie could have went to a studio somewhere in Florida or something. <sighs> the bad, I already you went to bad. The ugly was trash, drunken tirade <laughs> against Abigail. I wanted to jump to the TV and just literally beat the crap out of him. He was a terrible, terrible, terrible husband. I don't care if you think he's che- she's cheating on him. That's not something you say about a woman you claim you love who has mental illness. Tony, what is your good, bad, and ugly? All right, my good was Lucas, Marlena, and Allie. Mm, good so choice. Much, so much foreshadowing for potential story coming up. Like, it was just perfect. Like, I loved everything about that. Um, the bad for me I'm sorry, it was a majority of Kate's scenes this week. The will trip stuff aside, everything Kate could have been kept this week and I would have been fine. The breakup scenes were ridiculous. The conversation with Chad was... And that was terrible. I'll give you that. that. (laughs) 
that made me so angry because she sees how how much pain he's in and is refusing to do anything about it. Then and, you've and, got that, her. and that's my biggest issue with this storyline is Kate, you're 60 going on 70. You can sleep with whoever you want. If he gets mad or come out of a bag, he's just gonna have to deal with it. And then that's the only thing her, bothering me in this story. Then you've got her unsolicited opinion on Jennifer, the woman that she wronged, because I'm sorry, she knew what she was doing when she chose to sleep with Jack. She caught feelings for Jack when she was being there supporting him when Jack was at his lowest point and when she was being a friend to him, she decided it meant more and she decided to sleep with him even though he was in no condition to actually say yes to that. That is how I view that scene. And so whenever she sits there and starts bad-mouthing Jennifer in any way, it automatically just makes me go, shut up, please. She didn't lie. It was just bad timing. And then the ugly is the same as yours, Michael. The ugly is Chad and every word that came out of his mouth. I was horrified. Horrified. I have never been that angry at a character and I don't even know how long. Like, I wasn't even this mad at Eve and I hated Eve. Y'all know I hated Eve, but like... (laughs) That was just some gutter ugly shit. Like, I don't even understand how they come back from that. Because even if she forgives him, I'm never going to be able to look at them the same way again. Exactly. And I wish that conversation was recorded and Abigail somehow heard it. So we never have to deal with Abigail going back to him again. Because let's be honest. Any regular person, no matter how much you love somebody, if you were to hear somebody say something like that, it's done. It's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do after that. Ariette? Yeah. Good, um, the bad, the ugly. So my, um, the good for me is pretty obvious. Ilani naming their kids. I love seeing them like trying to decide and like listing names and such. Um, so that was good. I enjoyed it. Um, the bad, I'm with Tony on this one. Everything Kate's. This I week. knew I was going to be the only majority, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could have kept, kept it, like, except for her going off on trip. I like that, so I'll give her that, but no. Like, the breakup, come on. No, it was, I was ridiculous. it was so weird. Like, I felt it. It it touched my soul. I don't know how. Yeah, you you also why. felt Kate and Jake from the beginning when we didn't. So that makes sense. True. I mean, the acting was good. So, but just Kate and Jake in gen- general it just puts me off. Like, now don't get me wrong. I would prefer him with Gabby and her with Roman. But hey, in the meantime, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> that's how we feel all right no but it, it just wasn't what for me like no and the ugly same as y'all <laughs> chad seeing the worst things about abby and just oh it just was awful to watch as a fan I just want of ron to know i just want ron to know <sighs> if his goal was to have Chad, Steve, Trip, and Joy's character assassinated. He did it. He did it. A plus because 
Me personally, I will never look at Steve Johnson or Chad DeMera the same. They can go to hell for all that. I will, I will say he assassinated Steve and he assassinated Chad. I will give you that. Joey wasn't, there wasn't really much there to assassinate to begin with, and there really wasn't much there now. So, listen, how can you assassinate a character that's barely awake on the screen? Uh, let me explain. Let me explain. And, let me Trip explain. Is, and Trip has always been trash. So, yeah. Yeah. He's there's no awful. assassination there. It's just keeping up with the same. Why I said Joey is because you get out of prison and you hear that your brother that you've known all of two years raped your cousin that you used to play with since diapers. To me, I just feel like this is a very trash trait. You instantly believe the man over the woman, especially the woman being someone you've known your entire life. He can go to hell as well. I mean, oh yeah, completely. But I'm just saying, I don't. We don't. I don't know if that's trashing his character because I don't really care much about Joey enough to. Consider yeah, he that. really wasn't much of a character to begin with. But let's be honest, if he was to come back, a lot of people would be like, "Why are yeah, you?" If he was to come back, I need him recast. That's oh, it. please, yes. Well, okay. Well, can we talk about that for a minute? Because I've seen Joey Labastic. That's his name. I can't remember. Joey Las- uh, Lustavik. Yes. I've seen his acting on other things. Me and too. It was decent. It was good. Multiple He's takes provide. Factor. Yeah, Some multiple people takes are... make, make miracles. But then again, I was like, it seems like he came back to days and was just trying to get a check because the pandemic. Listen, was he was he was off. half asleep before he left days too. And like, it's crazy because remember when he first came on, he was one of the most talented actors in the team set. Okay, but you also had the other Sierra in that teen set. Anybody would have looked like Meryl Streep next to her. But even before the old Sierra left, no, they he all went downhill. He went downhill. I don't think he was ever that good. And I wasn't even watching at the time, but he he wasn't. It was just... He was, was better than this. I think even Vivian, the old um, uh, Sierra, sorry. Um, she was better than him, and she wasn't that good either. But, oh, she, was um, awful. She, she was terrible. She was awful. But she was better than him, so he's. I'd rather have a an actress or or actor give me something, even if Drew Garrett is available. Just saying. Yeah, like I'd rather have an actor give me something, even if they're bad. Like, just give me something. Like, if you're just standing there reading your lines. Like, Literally, the only thing I think when I watch him in scenes is, my God, Days could do a wonderful paid partnership with Red Bull. No. When I see his scenes now, I'd be like, what the hell happened from you going from insatiable to this? Insatiable, he had multiple takes. Yeah, that's... It's so different. And it's, like I said, some some people are just not meant to be soap actors. Some people need multiple takes to find their talent. Exactly. Well, okay, guys. Any final thoughts or ideas of what you want for Salem 2022? I'm actually really excited for a majority of what's coming up next year. Um, I'm excited for some of them, but I'm willing to like sit and just watch it all play out. So... I'm just here for more drama, more soap. Give me like angst. Let me give me the good soap, good old soap. 
I, only thing I can really look forward to personally is anything Jarlena family related, whether it be John, Marlena, whether it be Allie, whether it be Luke. I count him as Jarlena family because that's Sammy's husband. And I don't care yep. what nobody say. But um, Lucas, Allie, Sammy, Nicole, just I feel like that whole family is the future of days right now. Yeah. And that and that leads me to this thought. I hope that Ron takes a good look at the Horton family and reboot them to the Hordens that we used to know and love. Because as of right now, the Hordens are not the first thing people are coming today is to look for anymore. We're looking for the Evans Brady Black family. Yeah. They're more familiar to me than the the Hordens are right now. And I and honestly, I think it's just because there are more like, yeah, we've got Doug and Julie, and Doug and Julie are great when they're Doug and like when they're together, but that's because of Bill and Susan, I think more so yes. than anything. But, but to me personally, the Hordens haven't felt like the Hordens since Alice Horton went off screen. Yeah. Personally. No, hundred percent. Alice kept them in line. You know, now they're sanctimonious and what upsets me is that we don't have enough Brady's on the screen. Like we have currently we have Roman and Kayla. And Kayla. And Sean Douglas. And Sean. But he's not I'm talking about like on screen currently. He's he's not on screen right now. Sean's coming back. Yeah, he school. is. They're right, Sean and Bella in are two on weeks. Two yeah. weeks. So I mean, they're I'm he's three a contracted people. cast That's, member, so oh. he counts. Yeah, he does. Like, um, That's I love this family. So it's up. It's upsetting to see like just a few characters representing this family. Yeah. That's um, how I feel. I mean, I would love to have my beloved Kim back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, I know I would, how I feel about. Shane I would like Hill. to see like they need to build build like the younger generate uh, I would love to see Andrew back. I know he's technically a Donovan and like it wouldn't technically be I mean and he doesn't have the name Brady, but I've always said they should bring Andrew Donovan back. I've been saying that for years, especially considering now most of the campus is related to each other. So you really can't have a good relationship with anybody. Yeah, like I was I was having a conversation on Twitter and we were talking about like Rachel, Henry, Jules and Carver being like the next younger set. And I'm like, yeah, but they're all basically like, Rachel can only date Jules or Carver, Carver. and Henry can only, and Henry can't date any of any them. Any of them. <laughs> well, hold on. Technically, I mean, he's not biologically related to Brady, no, but. I'm about to say, technically he could, but we're not going down that road. This is We're not going down that road because he would have grown up with Brady as his uncle. Exactly. Like, so, uh-uh. You ain't gonna be dating your cousin, no. More characters need to have babies. No, 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 no. No, 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 We just need to bring characters back. Like, they could bring Joy in, Chloe's sister. Yes. She'd be great. But do not bring any more babies into this world until we can actually have babies on the set again. Because if I hear that oh, loud huff and breathing, again, to, oh god, yeah, no, they need to t- they need to turn that asthmatic sound effect all the way. I off. can't wait for the day I actually get to see 
real Ilani babies on screen. Oh my god. Because those twins were breathing so loud, fresh out of the womb, you'll think they were smoking in there. And I think I know what the sound effect that they're trying for. Like they're trying for like the sucking on a binky sound effect, but it's just not not working. It's- like I did like when um before Lonnie threw Abe out. The baby started fussing, like not just heavily breathing, but like actually crying. Fussing, yeah. yeah. So I liked I liked some of the sounds, but like the heavy breathing, it's get it gets the annoying. As, yeah, the asthmatic baby noises. You can literally not hear dialogue. I had to go back two, three times to hear what Eli and Lonnie were saying because the babies were breathing so loud. Right. But I don't mind. I just I'm just so happy to see the babies, even if they're dolls, breathing so. And loudly. I love like all the behind the scenes shots from her labor that we saw. Be- and Lamont said it was like because they were laughing at how ugly the babies were. <laughs> yeah, he did. He said, "Oh, he said that." <laughs> and the, he said the baby baby had a fro. <laughs> Oh, well, guys. You, could, you could see the hair on like if you pause on the second second baby like the the guy the guy the boy you could see his hair like that little doll but it was so <laughs> that picture is so cute no did y'all see that scene of when <laughs> well of course you saw it it was Friday when they were handing the baby over to um Julie and I guess Susan Seaforth Hayes forgot that it was a she was supposed to be emulating a real baby and not a doll. And the head tilted so far back. I was like, oh my God, Julie grabbed the head. Grabbed the head. <laughs> it was so funny to me because another scene with um uh, Ilani and Abe, Sal was like holding the baby's head. <laughs> Sal was playing with like it was supposed to be like the baby and she's playing with this hand because you see that when she was playing with the doll's head it looks it looks so hilarious i'm sorry you guys have to go back and look at it so you could see it was a doll's hand it was so i think tiny. we're all in agreement no more new babies until we can actually have babies on set again yeah. exactly but that scene oh my god you guys you have to see it i'll yeah. show you oh Promo time, promo time. Did y'all see right. the promo? I saw the shortened one. Yeah, there's an extended well. one out there. I did as well, I, and it looks pretty good. It looks. I'll check out the extended once we get off here, but I did like the look of the short promo. Yeah, it I, looks very interesting. It drew me in. This was the first promo in a long time that actually made me like, oh, I'm ready for next week. This looks good. I wasn't. I didn't have a strong opinion about the promo. The um, promo drew me in, but I I will say this one did too. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of characters on our screen this week, so get ready, ladies. Which is good because <laughs> after a week of Gwen, I need a cloud, cloud, uh, palate cleanser. Now you know good and well she's going to be on most of next week. True, but she's going to be mixed in with other stuff that I actually want to enjoy. See, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not solely focused on her. Like, we had, like, three days of crap that I just could not care less about this week. Right. I wouldn't say that. It was just very, very, very slow. It was well, a lot. I, was an, I don't care about Kate and Jake. You a lot of Kate things happened, but it was still, like, boring to me this week. Hopefully it picks. I guess this was the first full week of 2021. 
2022 yes. in Salem. So we're going to get a lot. I feel it. Yeah, okay. I feel like things are really starting to pick up and move. And like, and Ron likes to do that. Like he likes to make his Januaries big. Because if you remember like last week, last year in January, we had flashback week and like things really started picking up like before we got into flashback week. And so but, I feel like. But that's every soap because I will say this. I watch Y&R as well. And their Christmas and New Year's weeks were very slow and draining. So that's every soap. So I'm I pretty sure. I think had a more successful Christmas week. Than oh, they definitely. Did New Year's, but that's they actually because... had a story going on as well. And right. they also had characters focused, at, like every day was a different character set. I, I would also I like to say. Like, I didn't like this year's th- Thanksgiving, but I like Christmas, obviously. Uh, and not, not the New Year's Eve, but the prior ones, like last year. No, not last year. 2018 and 17 was good. Yes. Now, now Thanksgiving and New Year's focused on the exact same things, and we didn't like either one. That's has something. Yeah. Christmas, we got a little bit of everything because you had the Demera Christmas on Friday, you had the Kyriakis Christmas Monday, you had John and Marlena on Tuesday, you had Hortons on Wednesday, then you had a, kind of a mix of everybody. Everyone. Exactly. I would also like to add the fans would love to see a Jarlena family Christmas every year. Just as much yes. as like to see the I would love to see every like every family celebrate Christmas. Like the way Not- they did this this year, they need to continue doing do, it. Do it every year because it was a very exactly. it was a slow week, but it was a good week. It was a good. It was it was amazing. A lot. And I always that. do say that days does Christmas well, but this was a very good Christmas. I felt very. I felt like the whole good Christmas to be a day was, was rushed and focused too much on Rafe and Ben. But other than that, I loved like all four episodes focusing focusing on different families. It was great to see it. it. Just everything about Christmas in Salem kind of really worked for me. I wish I could have said the same thing about New Year's. Now, did you guys miss the New Year's return trope this year? No. No, I'm glad there's nothing, um, no return, nothing like that. It was just a simple New Year with drama. That's yeah. all we needed. But we don't I, need any more big returns right now. But it felt so small. Like I hate that they don't have enough budget to have bigger sets. It's, you it's know, the biggest question so much, was for me. It's not even so much the bigger sets. It's the fact that they're limiting up the number of people in scenes because of COVID. You yeah, know? true. But they're like they're basically in the Demera set, but it's now the beast. The beast. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, but but that place was always the, the that place always doubled ever since we jumped. I know. But it still it looks weird. Like I was like, oh, uh, Abby's in her living room. Living room. First oh, off, geez. where was that party hosted? That was my biggest question of the week. It right. was hosted at Saxton's, the restaurant in the square where Jennifer got pushed. Oh, Saxton's. Okay. Yeah, the elevator. The elevator's the dead giveaway. They need to bring that uh, set out more often. Oh, I, I always thought um, Ilani. I remember Ilani sitting in a. Was that the bistro? Like two thousand yes. yeah. back in when yeah. they were feeding each other cake. Yeah, it was in the it was in that scene too because they but, premiered it just before the wedding. So that was the bistro, and but they we saw Lonnie at the same balcony that Jennifer was pushed out of, like the day the day of her the, the non wedding. Was that the Saxons? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Oh my god! They need to, to go bring that set out more often. 
quite honestly. It was very nice. I, yeah, no, and I'm confused. The Demer, the the mini Demera Mansion set gets repurposed as so much. It's the mini mansion. It's the restaurant in the square. It was the convent. All right, um, but the convent looked like a convent, so like it didn't look weird to me. But I don't know the yeah. Demer- you could you could see, the- but you could see the comparison between Sassness and the Demera Mansion because I thought it was in like the Demera Mansion personally. My mother did too. It wasn't until I pointed out the elevator that she knew. But I'm also a nerd like that, and I can always tell what sets are being repurposed. Yeah, because you gave me a good education le- lesson on Twitter about it, and I was very intrigued. <laughs> but guys, I guess this episode is coming to an end. Our first episode, aren't we proud? A we lot of are. work has gone into yeah. this. <laughs> Okay, guys, I guess this is a wrap up. I guess you can catch us here every Sunday giving you a good old soap dish. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.